0: Hello and welcome to C3 Newcastle City podcast. It is our honour to host you and trust you will enjoy this message as much as we did. For more information about C3 Newcastle City or to connect with us, visit our website www.c3nc.com. You know, have a strong culture of serving. And so, so it's something that's very dear to my heart because in pastoring a church, you need people. You need to be able to... To, to give out um, different jobs and, and to see their giftings and talents just flourish and grow. And that's how they do grow, it's through service. And to me, that's something very beautiful. Our serving is, you know, a lifeblood to our church, and I think, you know, just like blood flows through our veins, our serving is part of that. You know, every, every gifting, every talent, every, um, you know, piece of time that you offer, that you give to the house of God, you know, whether that is in music, whether that's, you know, setting up on Sunday mornings or Sunday nights or making sure the service runs well, whatever that is. Maybe it's running a connect group. Maybe it's prayer or um, intercessor group through the week. And all those things are so important to the life of the church. And it's like the lifeblood of our church. It's like the nervous system in our church. It all helps the church to function and be a great church. And so that's why I'm so passionate about serving. Because, you know, we serve someone far greater than ourselves. And, And that's the... The thing, but you know what we live in today's world—the world that we live in—serving um, isn't something that people usually aspire to. Do you think that? I do. You know, I think you know we live in a culture these days where people—it's a lot about you know self and me and how I feel and you know, what I want to do and what I don't want to do. And we've got a whole industry out there, haven't we? The iPhone, iPad, the selfies, you know, take a photo and put it up and see how many likes I can get. Um, It's all very important. While it's not bad in itself, it's not what we're called to do. It's um, going against, it's a counterculture. And so, um, you know, I I think that um, a lot of what we see in today's culture can be sort of run counter. You know, we're in this world, but we're not of it, says John. So, um, you know, as followers of Jesus, we are called to live quite differently. And in First Peter 2 verse 9, in the easy translation, it says this, you are a special group of people that God has chosen. You serve God like priests. You are servants of God, the King. You are his own special people who obey him completely. You belong to God himself. He has taken you out of a dark place of sin, and he has brought you into a great light. You are like God's priests. You are servants, and that is a beautiful thing. God chose to use people like us to build his church. In Psalm 110, verse 3, it says, "'Your people will offer themselves freely.'" in the day of your, in your day. Serving comes not from what we do, but from who we are. It's an action of the heart. You know, we give from the heart. We we feel moved from the heart to serve, to get involved in an area of the church. And as you do that, the benefits are incredible. You know, you you work in a team, you serve alongside people, you learn how not to get offended, um, you learn how to work with different personalities, you learn how to forgive, you learn how to say sorry, all these wonderful things as you serve on team or serve alongside other people in building the church. And the house of God is such an incredible thing. It's such a, a, um, a thing that's... Um, st- that God loves. He loves his house, he loves his people. And so serving is such a strong part of that. And you know, I think too that what we when we serve, we're not insignificant. What you give, you know, never underestimate the value of what you do in a church. Never underestimate the value of what God is wanting to do in your life and through your life through serving. And I think, you know, I've seen people go through life and, and their lives have completely changed as they've served alongside someone. And, you know, that person is the love, the strength, the support has just rubbed off on them and they've started to turn around, their lives start to change. And it's incredible. And that's the beauty of church life, the house of God. And, um, you know, I think when I first started out, you know, I was so nervous. I was sort of, uh, you know, I wasn't even half a talent, I don't think. And I was just a baby Christian and my leader said, oh, Joe, would you like to pray? And I remember thinking, you know, I wished I could have crawled up and climbed inside myself, you know, gone back into my shell like a snail because it it just seemed such a daunting thing to even you know speak out in front of people and that's how um, you know how I was at that time when I became a Christian and but I stepped out and I just said muffled a few words and that leader came up afterwards and said oh Joe, that was an incredible prayer that was awesome just keep practicing you know you'll do good you know we'll get you up to pray next time and I thought oh no not again but You know, as you step out and step forward and serve and do whatever your leaders ask you to do, um, and those around you, because if they are asking you, then they feel that you have the confidence, the giftings to do so. So take comfort in that, because I think it's it's so important that we don't, um, you know, wrap ourselves up and, and go away and not do anything because we're fearful or afraid to do it. Some of the great attitudes that we have, you know, when we serve, I think number one is a lover of God. I think the thing that we need when we serve alongside other people is a healthy relationship with God. In Daniel 11 verse 32, it says this, those people who know their God shall be strong and they will work, or others say they will do exploits, which means amazing things, And that is so true. You know, it's through knowing God, it's through keeping our eyes on Him that we are able to do incredible things in the house of God. And, you know, just imagine or just think if all of us are involved in doing our part, what a machine, what a momentum, what incredible things that we can do as a church. And I know that your church is a an incredible serving church. I saw that over the week. And just, we went on a retreat together with your leaders and just to see them all, you know, doing their part, working. And it was just incredible. And it was good to see, you know, the house of God in action. But, you know, this means that you're into God. You're into His house. You're into, you love His presence. Like this morning, you're just soaking in his presence. You love the people that God brings into his house. You know, everyone that walks in the store, a lot of them aren't ready-made. They just come in, some broken, some with big issues in their life, maybe sickness, maybe something else is troubling them, financially, family, marriage, whatever. There are so many troubled people out there. They walk in these doors. They will feel the love of God. They will feel the presence of God. Your smile will mean so much to them as you serve, as you love on them. And so, you know, whether it's loving in the house or out from the house, or whether you're serving in the house or out from the house, you know, those people will feel your presence. I know before I became a Christian, I felt the love of the people around me. Um, I went to stay with my sister who was a Christian and, um, you know, she had other people around staying in her house and I was totally um, away from God. But th- to just feel the, their presence, their love, um, their acceptance of me meant a lot. Just to, to let you know, one of the reasons that I love to serve in the house of God and one of the things that I love about the house of God I was brought up in a Christian cult, a religious cult, and um, it was a really tough experience. We used to go to church, you know, seven times on a Sunday and um, every night of the week and all day Saturday, and it was so rigid. We weren't allowed to cut our hair. We weren't allowed to wear long pants or anything like that. We had to wear dresses, etc. And um, we weren't allowed to wear makeup, go to movies, anything like that. So it was a really difficult thing. They had spies out there watching everything you do. And so if you put a foot wrong, you know, you were in trouble with the elders. And they would bring your name up in the meeting and, and rebuke you in front of everybody. So that's what I grew up in. And at the age of 16, I decided I can't live like this anymore. I felt really quite depressed, quite, um, you know, down about life. And I thought, well, I've just got to get out. And so I left home at 16, and that's a story in itself. Um, I thought, you know, I'd be leaving the cult and I'd be finding freedom. And although I did find a freedom, it wasn't probably the right kind of freedom... And, you know, life was quite difficult for a long time, for a few years, um, as I sort of adjusted because I felt like I didn't belong in the cult, but I didn't belong in this new life. So I was sort of in the middle somewhere. And, um, you know, the only thing that probably helped me was alcohol. I would drink a bit of alcohol and then I would feel a little better. Uh, but I was totally cut off from my family, not allowed to have anything more to do with them, or they wouldn't have anything more to do with me. So then when I became a Christian, I mean, I had eight months of police protection. Wherever I went, I had a policeman with me. And so when that all finished and... um, I found Christ. I I came up and stayed with my sister, and she said, oh, come along to church, because she had not long left the um, brethren herself. And so, um, yeah, so we went to church together, and I just cried. I cried through the whole service. It was like this beautiful atmosphere, beautiful presence of God. Never take it for granted, believe you me and i just sat there and i just wept and i felt the presence of god and he touched me and he was healing healing my soul healing my heart and i made a decision to follow him but ever since then you know i can't help but serve in the house of god i can't help but give my life to everything that God is into, I'm into, you know, and um, it doesn't matter how old you get. There's always something for you to do. It doesn't matter how retired you are. (laughs) You are not retiring. You're just renewing or moving in a different direction. And, you know, that's the goodness of God, you know. And so the house of God is such a special place. Never take it for granted, church, but be there. Do what you can. You might think, oh, I'm so stretched in life. Well, you know, everyone is. You know, everyone's got the same amount of time. Everyone's got, you know, 24 hours a day, should I say. And everyone's busy in one way or another. But there's something. We've got to use our gifts. We've got to use that talent that God has given us. And for that gift to flourish in you, that gift that you have, will only flourish as you start taking steps toward it, as you start believing God for that gift, and, and you know, even for your talents, you know, whatever they may be, maybe it's, it's creative, maybe it's making the house of God look beautiful, maybe it's singing up here, worshipping, being a worship leader, or playing a guitar, you know, can I say that we need tons and tons of people serving. In the house of God, whether it's on the creative team, worship team, setting up the house, it takes a lot of people. Never think that, oh, no, they've got enough. They've got plenty of people. No, if you do your bit, the load is lighter for everybody else. And, uh, you know, that's the reason. You know, I think also just being a lover of God, it's about, you know, praying, having great prayer time and, you um, loving the Word of God, because that's what keeps you strong when you start to feel weak um, in your service. And something fresh every day will motivate you, encourage you, and inspire you. It's sort of like that coffee that you have first thing in the morning. It's like, (laughs) it sort of gives you that, it stirs you up. It smells good, and it tastes good, and it gives you a bit of energy, doesn't it? Well, for those that drink coffee, perhaps. But um, You know, when we serve God, I think, you know, it's we need a revelation of how big God is. He's a big God. You know, He spoke the universe into being with, you know, His own words of His mouth. And there's universes and universes out there and planets out there. So, you know, He's still creating. He's a creative God. He's amazing. But then when we get a revelation of how big our God is, then we get a revelation of ourselves becoming a bigger person and, you know, to fulfill the dreams and the desires that he's put in our hearts, but also to see those giftings flourish and the talents that we have flourish in our lives. The second thing would be having a willing heart. I think all of us need to be those that, when someone says, oh, there's a, something that needs to be done here, we have a willing heart to step forward and help out in whatever way we have. You know, one of the most powerful resources that we have in church life is a willing heart. Jesus had this to say, and I love it. Matthew 20, verse 26. Whoever wants to become great among you, you must be, must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Wow. Now, a slave was someone that was owned by their master, owned by their master. And they didn't stop being a slave until their master released them. And that's what Jesus has to say about being a servant. It's pretty strong, eh? (laughs) um, But that's how committed he sees it. And he knows that that's going to be a blessing to us and blessing to his house, to build his house, to make it great in this earth. Um, you know, the house, house of God, we always need to be those that are willing to go an extra mile. You know, sometimes uh, we've always sort of said, you know, if you want to get something done, you give it to a busy person. But I think that's a bit of a sad saying, quite frankly, because I think if we're all sort of about the house of God and watching out, we have eyes to see what needs to happen and we start to initiate um, and say, hey, would you like a hand here? Or, hey, would you like me to help you out with this? Or if we hear of a need or a lack, you know, we can get involved in, in helping out in that area. So, you know, it is so important to go an extra mile. It's so refreshing as a pastor just to, to watch people step up and take initiative. And, you know, carry the load because I think, you know, your pastors are busy and your leadership team is busy, but they need all of us to be in there. You know, we go through seasons in life, don't we? We go through seasons where we're having children and, and you've, you've done very well, might I add. <laughs> oh, I just love to see all those precious little souls up there worshipping this morning. And I think, Wow. What a future this house has with all those little ones. And I think, whoa, there's a lot more on the way, which is exciting, isn't it? But, you know, this church is going to grow and, you know, go to other areas of the city, which is exciting. But those little ones there are going to be, you know, some of them are going to be pastors. Some of them are going to be Some of them might even run the country. I've seen one or two that I think could run the country. (laughs) But it's amazing. You know, we don't know. But as we love these children, as we put into them, as we pray for them, who knows what God will bring out or what gifts are there that God will use and be able to use and bring out. But we need to love them and and, um, encourage them. Never be you know, let them look at your knees. Get down low and, and talk to them and encourage them and find out about their, their little lives and what they've got in their bags, et cetera. You know, to me, that's a big thing in pastoring is to, to uh, watch over a little one. Well, that's a bit of a sidetrack, but, you know, I think, um, uh, you know, it's, it is a very refreshing as a pastor. We've got um, a guy... In our church, that's been serving for 25 years, as our head steward, and just probably about a year before we um, retired, he moved down to Sydney with his work. And so he was two weeks down in Sydney, two weeks um, in Brisbane, and we went down to visit this church in Sydney. And here he was on the door. You know, oh, Pastor Joe, can I get you anything? I said, Oh, have you moved down here? And he said, oh, no, I'm still in Brisbane. I'm doing two weeks in Brisbane two weeks down here. I said, oh, so you're stewarding down here? He said, yes, I'm the head steward here. So he's head steward in Brisbane and he's head steward in um, this church in Sydney, which is exciting, isn't it? So he's, he's serving, you know, every day, every Sunday somewhere, Brisbane or Sydney. He's amazing, and he's been doing it in our church for 25 years, just Keeps on turning up, doing it, doing it. And I said to him, You are amazing, absolutely amazing. And, you know, he said, Oh, Pastor Joe, I just love it. And probably for a similar reason to me, his life has totally turned around. He said, I just love the house of God. I have such a value, strong value to um, be here and to love on people and be a blessing wherever I can. And I thought, wow, they are gold, aren't they? Really gold. I think the other thing, third thing that is really important is to value and respect others when we serve. You know, church life is all about people, from people from different walks of life, people with different personalities, people with different, um, you know, points of view. Um, and you know, we've got to get along with all of them. You know, the church is quite unique when you think about it because you have young and old, you have, you know, a range of different ethnic, ethnic backgrounds um, and we all come together, love one another, worship together and it's incredible when you think about it. There's not too many places on earth that are like that. So it's so good. But in Romans 12 verse 10, it says, be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. And I think that is such a great scripture from the point of view, you know, honor honouring others and really being there for one another. Not to think of yourself more highly than you should, but just to to really pour into people that you can with love and honour them and really encourage them when they do something great in the service or... Um, If they lead the worship well, be encouragers, encourage them, because we all need encouragement from time to time. And I think, you know, um, we should place a high value on people because God does. He values every single person that walks in your door. Make people feel significant and important. Uh, And, you know, it never takes much, does it, just to um, encourage, you know, inquire about a person's week or, you know, what's happening in their world, um, you know, what's their work situation, whatever that is, but make people feel valued. Praise for a, a job well done. Um, I think over the years that we've uh, always made heroes of people that serve, and it's just great to see, you know, a lot of people getting involved. You know, sometimes you do it something for a wee while and you sort of, um, you know, some some positions in the church or some areas in the church have a used by date, I always say. Um, so, you know, you can tire of them. Like our cafe had a huge turnover of um, different staff because it's quite a huge cafe. And um course you have, you know, 600, 700 people waltz out and all want coffees at once. So it can be quite stressful. <laughs> so... You know, it does have a use-by date in serving in there, but we would sort of say, well, you know, we need to encourage and, and keep building up others and training others and teaching them how to be, make the best coffee in town and um, just thank them and, cra- and congratulate them because, you know what, our future is tied up with each other. And what's on you, can I say, Church, what's on you, what's on your life? Will flow through you. What's in you will flow through you. What's on you will get on others, and that's a beautiful thing. You know, before when we went, um, I have to tell you another story. We, this family of six, walked into our church and they're totally broken, and um, they were broke as one thing. They had no money, no house, six beautiful little children that were quite hungry, and it was. Um, you know, he said, oh, I'm just desperate. I don't know what to do next. And we said, well, you know, come along to church. We've got food and clothes and he found him a house. And then just through being in church and in the community of the church around, um, just loving on that family, you know, just to watch them grow and, and develop. And it takes quite a team of people to do that. It's not one person. It's not two people. I think for my life, it was a team of people that got around me to help me find my spot in life in the the church. And I thank God for every single one of them. But, you know, you are the same. You're getting around people. You're loving them. You're encouraging them. Never take it for granted that it's very significant. And this little family, it's quite interesting. So next thing he says, oh, I've got a job. I'm driving a taxi. That next thing he said, oh, um, I'm going to buy the taxi. Next thing he came up to us, oh, have a guess what? I'm buying another one. And he got up to four taxis, bought four different taxis. And then he said, oh, Pastor Joe, I'd love a house because being a big family, no one really wanted to have them in their rented property. Sad, isn't it? But that's the facts. And anyway, I said, well, you need to believe God to buy a house and so he said right I'm going to do that so he kept believing God and, and um, you know praying and the amazing thing is he came screaming up to us the other day at the vision builders he says have a guess what I've bought a house and I think of where that man and that family came from to where he is now there's nothing greater in life that is priceless to see that and I think you know everyone. I think of the amount of people that were involved in serving and looking after that family to get them through to a great place. And now he's one of our greatest evangelists. He just tells everyone that it gets in his taxi about Christ, you need to come to our church. <laughs> and he's he's so funny, but he's, he's a great guy. And, the, you know, I think um, the last thing I'd like to say is keep a positive attitude with your serving. And, you know, I think Um, Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Being positive is seeing the good. It's seeing the potential. It's seeing the possibilities. It's not seeing the negatives. And, you know, if you're encountering a challenge when you're serving, you know, talk to the right people, not the wrong people. And so often I think sometimes, you know, it's easy to go to someone and just have a little na-na-na-na-na. Stop it. You know, go to the right people, the people that can help you and get you through the challenge that you might be facing. And that's probably from a pastor's heart as well. But, um, you know, I think negativity in a church is like a, a worm. It just goes through the church. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, do the right thing. There, keep positive. Be a can-do person. And psychologists tell us that thinking negative thoughts produces produces depressive chemicals in our brains. It's toxic, in other words. But Proverbs four twenty three says, "Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it." You know, we can choose to be a positive influence. When we work alongside others, when we serve alongside others, we can give people room to to be themselves. You know, we realize that that's their personality, but it's not a, a reason to move away from them necessarily. It might be that that person's very opinionated. That's not a reason to move away from them. Find the good. Be a good finder. You know, be a good detector, you see those metal detectors down on the beach, be a good finder and find the good in people that you serve with so I just want to encourage you you know, the, the attitudes that we need is to be a lover of God, love the house of God with all your heart Be a, love the word of God love the presence of God, love the people of God but also be willing hearted to serve and um, you know Be those that are watching out for what needs to be done in church life. And, you know, step forward. Step forward to fulfill it or find someone that can fulfill that spot. But also have value and respect for other people. That is such an important thing when serving in the house of God. In fact, being in the house of God is so important. But also being positive, having a faith-filled attitude in church is really important. Be a can-do person and, you know, watch what God will do in that time. I wonder if you can just close your eyes right now. Thank you, Beth. Thank you. Lord, I just look at these people today. And, Father, I thank you for each and every one of them. Father, I pray that you would touch their hearts fresh, Stir their hearts afresh. Stir their faith afresh. I pray to love your house, love the things that you're into. And Lord, I just pray that today that you see each and every heart here. And Lord, I pray you know the needs that are here. And Father, I pray that you'll be there for each one that you'll be for them, not against them. Lord, I just thank you. Inspire people today. Inspire people today. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and it was a great encouragement to you. For more information about C3 Newcastle City, visit our website, www.c3nc.com.